Ty, um, I live in California. Ty lives in Ontario, which is the province that's over Minnesota, Wisconsin, Michigan, New York, Ohio, and Pennsylvania of the great country of the United States of America. And uh, I did look that up this morning because I have no idea where Ontario is because those of us who live in California think nothing exists outside of us. (laughs) I apologize. Yeah. And Brian Brian lives in the uh Chicago area. Okay. Um I I want to I want st- to start and tell a quick story um about why um what attracted me so much to Ty and why I reached out to him to have him on the podcast. Uh many many years ago I was in Africa. I was in a very very isolated isolated village um where people spend their entire life uh, fetching water. That's all they do. They, it's just rows of people walking anywhere from a mile to 10 miles a day to bring water to their family. The only objects that they had that I recognized from my life was clothes, everything else. They lived in teepees and, um, they didn't, you know, they just, all their utensils and pots and pans and everything were all homemade. And I was walking, uh, I was, and I was filming with a dad who was 90 years old who lived with his five grandkids and, uh, the mom had died. Um, presume I was told the mom had died from AIDS anyway. And one day we were walking on this trail and everyone's barefoot. And I mean, it's really like out of a movie. It's like, it's like, I felt like I was in a time warp, but I'm walking along this trail with the kids and there's this huge pile of trees of maybe like small trees, you know, with a, uh, uh, diameter, the smallest trees is being a circumference of being my arm. And the biggest trees is maybe being like the circumference of a basketball. And there's this huge pile of trees. That's like 20 or 30 feet tall. And I, they explained to me that there was a, uh, elephant there with its baby and a lady who was fetching water stumbled across the elephant and the baby and the elephant grabbed the woman, um, used its trunk and grabbed the woman and beat her to the ground and killed her and then pulled over all the trees in the adjacent area and covered the woman. And they said that's, that's how, that's how intense elephants are about protecting their young not only did it kill her but then it buried her under you know maybe it was 50 trees i mean it was a huge pile of trees to make sure that the threat was neutralized and how i stumbled across ty's account is he was um i I presume he was in his house and he was giving a talk that basically explained his frustration of how the response, the COVID response, and I want to be very clear, not COVID, but the COVID response was affecting his daughter's life. And it really, really resonated with me because I have three boys and that's the only thing I care about too, is how the COVID response is affecting my three little boys and what I need to do as a parent. I'm singularly focused on making the world a better place for them and I, that same passion that that elephant had to preserve its baby at all costs. And they said elephants are super friendly when they're not with their kids, but when they're with their kids, you have to stay the fuck away from them. And, um, I just felt like he saw this exactly like I did him and I would have no problem. Like if we were 18 year old guys, this COVID thing would be great. It would be more time at the bar and meeting girls, but we're not 18 year old guys, something biologically, 
emotionally, chemically has shifted in us and at all costs, we're willing to do anything and everything to um, make sure our kids have a healthy and prosperous world to live in. And the numbers of children dying under the age of 18 are statistically so low for this SARS-CoV-2, and there's a lot of evidence that shows that kids are better off getting it and fighting it off themselves, that we're seeing something that makes no sense if we are singularly focused on protecting our kids. And bingo. So here he is. And the, and the miracle of modern technology has allowed us to use our Star Trek devices and jump on a call together. <laughs> yeah, man. That's, uh, that's, a, that's, a, that's, a, that's a crazy story, man. And, uh, no, you're absolutely right. You know, um, had I not have, had I not had children, um, would this had, you know, would I have taken this as serious and not really, I mean, my business has not been affected. Uh, I'm an essential worker. Um, you know, and, uh, you know, aside from not being able to go catch a movie or go to a restaurant, uh, I mean, nothing's really changed, you know, it's just my kids, you know, not being able to get on the big yellow tube to go to a, a school to be with their friends. I mean, I've, I've already had my, my opinions on the public education system, but you know, just, just being able to shelter my kids as much as possible, but you know, it still penetrates, right. It's infiltrated my life. Uh, you know, they're, they're suffering now, you know, we're, we're a year into this and, you know, they, they're, you know, they're, they're, they're just unaware against, um, you know, anything that they should be right now, you know? So that's why it's up to me uh, to, to show up and fight for them, you know, give me one second. Give me one second. Sorry. Hey, welcome back. Hey, I don't know what happened there. Just, uh, it just booted me out for some reason. Maybe when I stopped recording. Um, so, 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 so pick up where you left off. You were basically saying if you, if you were 18 years old, um, how this wouldn't have affected you, you wouldn't have probably responded as like this. Yeah, definitely, definitely not, man. Because I, you know, I've just always been the type of person that, you know, I, I navigate life, uh, you know, on my own terms, you know, and, and like I said, you know, being an essential worker, still being able to make money. I mean, this stuff really doesn't affect me. I've got, you know, three decades of my life where before, you know, before this happened. So this, the, for them to tip the scales, this would have to go on another 30 plus years for me to go, oh, I guess this is just the way it is. I still know the difference, right? Kids have no idea. Uh, and, you know, especially really young kids who have now been a year, we're year two of this soon. They're like, they don't even really know the difference and soon they'll never know the difference. Right. So it absolutely is the reason and the passion, you know, my motivator, you know, behind me even speaking out or wanting to do anything is because, you know, I used an analogy last week, you know, at the rallies that I host. And I said, you know, picture this life is a relay race and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm running, you know, I got the, damn lost him again man i don't know i don't know what to say <laughs> um how's your signal on your phone my signal picture looks yeah it okay and your it looks okay yeah your picture looks great we'll give this one more try so so um you were saying that the, the kids won't know any different yeah the kid they they, they won't know any different <clears throat> I mean, the majority of their life you know is you know so far whether they're you know seven, eight years old has been just, you know, playing. And now they got, you know, their kids, you know, they're being forced to wear masks and they're being, 
And if they fidget with them, you know, students in schools are getting sent to the corner because they, they had a hands-on incident. And hands-on when I was a kid was like, if you got in a fight, now it's just like, oh, your child touched another child. So now, you know, they're in detention. Like, it, it's it's insane. It's insanity. And I really feel for these kids, uh, especially the kids that don't have parents with a backbone, you know? And uh, that's really why, I mean, I've always been passionate about the youth. I mean, I was, I was a bit of a troubled youth myself. And, you know, I just come to learn that, you know, the things I've gone through, the things that have happened to me happened. And I came out on the other side, fine, alive and great so that I can help, you know, the next person maybe go through a similar situation better or easier. And uh, really, yeah, without the kids, man, like we were saying, if it weren't for the kids, I wouldn't even really care. I'd be making my money. I'd keep to myself. I mean, being able to not go to the movies or a bar or a club or a, or a game is not really, not really, you know, life changing for me. Um, how old are your kids? Uh, my oldest is twelve, and my youngest is ten. And what do they think is happening? Like, do they know? How much do you tell them? Um, how, what do you, What do you talk about with them? Uh, I talk about everything. See, the, the, I'm a little bit of an, uh, I'm an unconventional parent. Um, you know, I've, uh, I've read uh, books like The Conscious Parent and The Awakened Family. And, uh, you know, just change my perspective on how I view parenting children. My, you know, a lot of us, uh, you know, we, we tend to try to, you know, shelter our kids and raise them in a way that, you know, will lead them in the direction we want them to go, preparing them for the future. Um, and I, and I, and I was the same, right. But now, I mean, the future is, is an illusion. Like all we have is right now. So I treat my kids as equals, like they're as old as they'll ever be right now. So I don't, I don't, I don't shelter them and try to keep things for, uh, in hopes that one day later that they'll be what I, I hope them to be. Uh, I just, uh, you know, I treat them with them as an equal. I, I don't, I, they know like they they know everything um and it's important that we do that right so you know my daughter actually uh spoke at one of my rallies a couple weeks ago and just gave a speech to the parents and said that you know she's not afraid of the virus my kids have never been vaccinated my kids you know we eat healthy we we play outdoors we you know we get we get nice amounts of vitamin d when they're not spraying the skies and you know like i we really just we we try to incorporate the lifestyle and my kids know that that comes with what we ingest and, and uh, you know, whether it's visually, verbally, you know, what we eat, whatever it is, a healthy lifestyle does not come from a needle. Um, so my kids know and they know they're not afraid of a virus. They're afraid of being judged by other people uh, for not wearing a mask, right? Or for, you know, that's what they're afraid of. So my daughter just basically said out to the parents, like, you know, it's up to you, you know, to, to unmask your kids. Like, you need to tell us. You need to keep us in the loop. You know, these kids are, they're not dumb. They're not dumb. And if you, if you, man, if you would just like get on their level and have a conversation with them, like they're a human and not like they're beneath you, uh, you can learn a lot from your kids, man. Like I realized that, you know, yes, I'm here to protect and you know, as a guardian to my, my children are really raising me up to be the man that I'm supposed to be. My, my, my my kids are, are are younger than yours. I have a pair of four year olds and a six year old, and um, I'm in a similar boat to you. I I I, be, I believe that respecting your kids is hugely important, um, and treating them as equals. But that being said, I don't share any of the fear with them, 
and and I know your kids are older, meaning like they'll say to me, hey, how come everyone's wearing a mask and we're not wearing masks? And I just sim- I give them a very simple answer. I said, because you're healthy. I said, the masks are just I said, the masks are just for people who aren't healthy and uh, they eat too much sugar. Um, but I'm guessing when they're 12, they, then they might have a follow up question like my kids don't have a follow up question. Do yeah. You, and that's it, young, right? They're still kind of processing, right? Like my kids are old enough that they, you know, and plus with the internet, right? So my kids have been exposed to things like YouTube and TikTok, and they, they see a lot of that. So I'm as much as I'd love to be the one that they're getting their information from, I I'm, I'm finding myself having to give them, you know, a fair amount of counter information. They'll come to me with something they've seen in the beginning of this. Like my daughter would say, you know, dad, like, why, why are you going to protest or why are you going to rally? Change the government's rules. Right. Or, you know, she just, you know, in the beginning, they'd be like, you know, why don't you just wear a mask? Like, you know, I don't, you know, I just, I don't want to get in trouble. Right. They don't want people to look at them. They don't want to be centered out. They don't. And they've seen like, you know, they've seen a lot. Like when they come with me, um, they won't wear a mask. Right. Um, my wife is not confrontational at all. She doesn't want to con. She, so she, she will for, we, we, we rarely do do grocery shopping and stuff. Now we do click and collect a lot. So you just back up to the barking spot and they put the groceries in and there's no contact you leave. But if my wife does need to go out, um, not so much anymore, but in the beginning, I mean, she would, she'd wear a mask. She didn't want anybody to, to confront her or anything like that. And then my daughters, when they would go out with her, they would, they would wear them as well. And like, not to my knowledge, I didn't know this. And then when I did find out, I was like, no, uh, that's, we got, we're not, we, we're not just going to conform for the sake of, you know, not being confronted. And, uh, you know, now my kids are a little bit more bold, uh, that way because I've, they've come to the rallies where we've had 600 people not wearing masks, other kids not wearing masks. So it's just giving them that sense of normalcy, showing them that, it's really not that necessary. Right. And my daughter's very smart. My oldest daughter was screened for the gifted program. So she's, she's very, uh, intellectual, uh, academically smart. She's just, she's, she's smart. She's smart. So I just provide her with enough information to come with her own conclusions. And she knows, you know, she knows that these, these things on your face, they don't really work. Cause I, I've, I've done, uh, I've done a few, few, few different trades. So, you know, if I'm working in an attic with insulation and I actually wear like a respiratory like device, like a real mask, do a lot of surfacing uh, aluminums and metals and stuff. So like I have to wear legitimate masks. So she knows that like, if this was a virus, shouldn't you be wearing a mask that's similar to what you wear to work? Right. So it's just those kinds of things. And uh, I don't really, I don't really like, you know, I don't tell them how to think. I just make sure that I provide them with enough information that they can think for themselves. And I really just encourage them to do that is to think for themselves, you know, don't just go with the, what, what everybody else is doing. You want to like question these things, you know, a little, to know, like what's really working and what's not. And it was hard in the beginning, but I mean, we're 56 weeks into this thing now, you know, we've been under the most, some of the most strictest lockdowns, I think next to China and Australia. And, uh, you know, it's just getting, it's getting bad now, man. We've lost over 300,000 businesses, um, childhood suicide. I mean, kids are killing themselves between nine and 17 years old. That's gone up by 70%. Um, you know, just a lot, man. Kids are, kids are suffering now, you know, and I get it, you know, seniors. Yeah. Small businesses. Sure. And everyone else. Okay. But 
like I was saying before, when I got my, my, when the call dropped is like, as a relay race, we have the baton and I have to run my best race so that when I pass the baton to my daughter, who is the anchor to the future, I have to run my best race to set her up in the best case scenario in a position to win. So that's kind of where I'm at is like, I'm just doing the best that I can so that when I do actually pass it off to her that, you know, she, she's going to win, you know, that's, that's how, my job. How, how old are you, Ty? Uh, I'll be 38 this year. I, I don't, I'm 49. I don't know if you remember, but when I was a kid, the, the, the big fear, the biggest thing that it's probably the most fear, um, I ever remember being in my lifetime was a nuclear Holocaust. There were tons of films about nuclear war. It was like always in the news. There was always this crazy tension on the news with the Russians. Um, so there was, and my parents, and I was really young and my parents did tried to, um, I don't want to say they tried to shelter me from it, but they, it wasn't something that they wanted coming into my psyche because it's a fear that's so big and so out of my control that I, I presume that they think it wasn't productive. And I trip on the fact that our kids, you know, 10 years old, maybe even younger, it starts eight, that they're being told a story about a worldwide pandemic. It, it, it's like, almost like they're living in a horror film. And I, and I wonder, I wonder what the long-term effects is on them to, to, to be fear-based. And we can see that the people who are in our society now, the ones who are, who are fear-based and who have this kind of victim mentality and blaming other people and not taking responsibility for themselves, they seem to be the weak link. Um, but it's too soon to tell, right? Like people are actually expressing the fear now outwardly by wearing the masks and avoiding other people. But eventually this is, they're going to have to internalize this. What do you think? What do you think the long term effect is on this generation? Oh man, it's already happened to like my generation where for the last 20 years, I mean, we've been living in this, this virtual reality through our, through our profiles. Right. Like we've been disconnected since since the touchscreen, like since, it, you you know, since MySpace, you know, everybody's creating these online profiles. And, you know, that's basically the highlight reel of our life or whatever you choose to share on there. I mean, the long term effects that we have is is why we're where we're at right now. People don't talk to each other. We don't you know, nobody really cares about anybody but themselves. Right. So, you know, to, to kind of translate that and pass that on to our kids. I mean, I just think of the kids, you know, like, you know, that were born in 2000 who are 21 years old right now. And they're barking at me telling me that I'm the problem. It's like, bro, I got underwear older than you, you know, like, you is it, isn't it ironic what you just said something right there that was so ironic. People only care about themselves. And to me, that's really obvious too. And yet they claim that they're wearing the masks to other think about other people and yet with no what i i use the um uh they're looking at the world like through a paper towel roll um and instead of like taking it down and seeing the bigger picture all of the media and all of the talk and and i'm, I'm a little bit of hyperbole here is all about um it, it's all on one side of the scale there there's this there's this desire to stop this pandemic with no look at the cost yeah 
the, the lives lost on the other side, the emotional, the physical, the monetary costs, it seems so out of balance. It sounds from where I'm in California and like masks are, are optional when you're out in public. I think they are. I never wear a mask in public. And, and, and I think it's, pro I would guess probably when I go out, 20% of the people aren't wearing masks in public. Um, you do, you're supposed to wear them in stores. I've stopped wearing mine in stores. I've, that, um, and that's been inspired by you. Um, and so far, so good. No one said anything to me. Um, it, it, how? Oh, did we lose him? Shit. You sure you weren't inspired by me to stop wearing <laughs> Maybe. Maybe I was inspired by you too, Brian. <laughs> I, hear these pe I hear these people just saying now that they're just going into stores and that if they're asked to leave, to leave. No one's, it's interesting. No one's confronted me. Hopefully Ty will come back on now. He's done. He's good. I had a, the other day I was, we were trying, I was out with a friend of mine. We were trying to find a place to eat and see if you can get closer to your mic. See if you can get closer to your mic. Good. Oh, it just froze that time. It didn't, uh, it didn't boot me out of the app. I just froze. So, oh, okay. Well, you're back. Right. Um, this, it's an experimental app. This, this software I'm using normally, it requires you to be in front of a computer and they just launched this app a couple days ago. So you're, you're, yeah. you're a test. Yeah, you're a guinea pig. So, so, but in Canada seems from where we're sitting, when I hear the stories in Canada, it seems really, really bad. Like it almost doesn't seem like it can be possible what they're doing. No. And a lot of people ask like, you know, is it like, you know, when you make comparisons to like Australia, I know Australia had like military checkpoints and stuff like that. And people said, like, yo, Ty, like, it, how could it be that bad? Like, you guys don't have tanks in the military yet. I'm like, that's because we don't need it. Like, we, we're policing ourselves, right? So, you know, we, ha we heard from a lady at a rally a couple weeks ago who was actually a Holocaust survivor. And she had said that, you know, she's afraid of where this is going because it's worse. Um, you know, the no mask is the yellow star. And everybody with masks is the brown coats. And... You know, it's 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 scary when you think of that because you know what they did was they can tell people that the like they're the carriers of right, like you know, and and Klaus Schwab from the World Economic Forum just declared that unvaccinated people are a threat to humanity. So this is where we're headed, and you know, and 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 for people to say that we're insane to use those parallels that have happened in Nazi Germany to now. It's like, no, we're not in the death camps yet, but they didn't just do that overnight either. That was years of propaganda, right? That was years and years and years of them finally convincing the people that, and that's where I'm at right now. Like I've been spit on. I've had people want to fight me. I've had the cops called on me. I've had like, you know, I've been surrounded by 20 people out in public telling me that, you know, I need to wear a mask and I'm the problem. They wish death on me. Uh, they hope that I get and die. Um, you know, and it's just, this is, this is the level of divide that we're dealing with up here is that if you don't wear a mask, you know, you're worthy of death up here right now. And, uh, it's really, it's, it's, it's really bad, man. It's really bad. And, you know, everybody, everybody is still saying that, no, it's just a mask. Do your part for, you know, we got to save our seniors. And I always turn it around and flip it and say, well, hold on a second, because if you really wanted the, to save your seniors, put them in the long-term care facility to begin with you would have put them in your basement or an in-law to take care of your in-laws on your own 
But what really happened, the reality of it is, is you met with your brother and your sister and your cousins, and you decided that she was a burden. So you ponder off to the system, right? You know, none of you wanted to step up and take care, right? Because they might need to diaper change. They might need to be pushed around in a wheelchair. Whatever the case is, they were an inconvenience to you. So you pawn them off to the system. And now we're being told that they're dying, but they, they die all the time. Die. Like you put them there to die. And now that they died, you're going to blame the guy that doesn't wear a mask. Like, so, you know, this is, this is how I know people don't really care about anybody but themselves, right? So that's why they're like, just wear the mask. And I was sharing this with some friends the other day. I don't know if any of you guys have siblings, but I'm, I'm the oldest of four brothers. And, you know, as kids, if we were doing something and, you know, horsing around, you know, whatever, getting rowdy, mom would always say, okay, enough's enough. And, you know, whatever, like stop this and take, take the PlayStation away or take something away from us and tell us that in order to get it back, we all had to do this. And there was always that one sibling that was like, he kept, he kept doing what mom said not to do. Right. And the, and mom, oh, that's another week without it. Oh, keep it up a week without it. And we would get mad at our brother, not because what he was doing, we thought was wrong, but what he was doing was causing mom to prolong our grounding. Right. So people aren't mad that you're wearing, you're not wearing a mask because they're afraid you're going to kill people. They're just mad because you're disobedient. Right. And that you're the reason why they are still grounded. Right. It's like we want to get out of our room. Just do what mom says. And now we're adults. And I'm like, well, what mom's telling us to do is unjust. It's not scientifically based. It has there's no reason for it. What we're doing wasn't wrong. They just didn't want us to do it. So that's kind of where we're at is that mentality of people are mad at you. Not because they're afraid you're out spreading the deadly disease. Everyone knows it's not. Like if people still believe that it's, then I don't even engage with them anymore. I don't even try to explain to them that masks don't work and you you can't actually catch a virus. I just, you know, I just keep it moving. And, uh, you know, that that's where we're at, man. It's like, you know, people are, it's insane. You know, they're, they'll, they'll break social distancing and remove their mask to tell you how much you are for not wearing one. And it's just like, dude, you realize that you just broke social distancing and you were spewing spit all over my face while you took your mask off. Like who's, who's, who's really the problem here. And it's, and it's bad, man. And that's why I'm really worried about the kids because kids are getting bullied. You know, like kids are, parents are, are utilizing the mask exemption and sending their children to school without masks. But those kids are now getting segregated from the rest of the class. Go eat your lunch in the corner. You know, you're not allowed to play with us at recess. You got to have your recess by yourself. Um, you know, and other kids are calling that kid, you know, a, a COVID spreader. You know, you're, you're a, you're a nan killer, you know, like whatever. And these kids are getting bullied and these kids are then going home and they're, they're swallowing whatever jar of pills they can find, or they're cutting themselves. And this is, this is what we're dealing with. Right. So it's that this is that's ultimately why I decided like, man, I got to take this fight to the streets, man, because if people aren't going to fight for this kid, somebody does. Somebody's got to speak up for these kids. You know, one one point four million patients in the United States in care facilities, one point four million with an average life expectancy of 13.7 months. And that's probably around how long we've been in a lockdown. And it's crazy to think that. 
anyone in there now who's dying could even be with that kind of math can even be reported as a COVID death. One, they're on the end of their days already. And the reason why they're in care facilities is because I would say the vast majority of them, they ate like shit and they treated themselves like shit growing up. But, but if their life expectancy is only 13.7 months and we have 200,000 people that have died in care facilities, it's, it's amazing that people can't do the math to me, by the way, Brian, that blue light on your mic has to be facing you. See how I can see it. I shouldn't be able to see it. That's why when you talk, it's so yeah, that a boy, you're killing it. Did you ever think of yourself as an, as an activist before this Ty? No. Um, I mean, I've always, I've always tried to like motivate. Um, you know, I can't, I, I, I've, I've done a lot, man. I've, I've kind of been there, done that. Uh, got the t-shirts and the tattoos, right? I've done, I've done a lot in my life. And, uh, you know, very early on, I realized of me going through all that is to, like I said earlier, to help other people go situations better, easier, less painfully. Um, as an activist, no, I never really, uh, I never really did much, man. I would like volunteer at youth groups, stuff like that. I try to show up for the youth. I've always been passionate about the youth, uh, just to let them know that, you know, there are people out here advocating for them, fighting for them. Um, but in regards to like protest and stuff like that, no, man, I've never, I mean, I've always just been super focused on you know, creating a life and providing a life for my family. Um, so it's just really been, it's really only been this last handful of months that, you know, I took it upon myself to organize my own rallies, you know, bring speakers. We've got doctors and microbiologists and, and frontline nurses and addiction counselors and youth workers. And these are the types of people that I bring to my rallies to give education and information to people that comes directly from source and not a link that got shared or a video or, or something like that. So now, nah, man, I've, I've never really considered myself, I, you know, at the very least, um, somewhat, you know, just to say, look, if I can do type thing. And then when, uh, you know, when this hit, people said, yo, Ty, how did you, like, when did you know, like, when did you know that all this was kind of bull? And I was like, well, when the second plane hit, you know, it's been 20 years that I've known that you can't trust anything you see on TV, that they're only going to show you what they want to show you on purpose. And that, you know, it's all bitter, man. Like Rome never fell. This is, you know, this is, it's all just from what's going on behind the scenes. And, you know, with all these, these false flags and things that happen that are, spectacle in the media you know i just especially when you know i've always there's just two things like a rule of thumb is you know find out who's who's to gain and who's to lose just focus on and listen to the person who's risking it all the one who's lose i'm going to listen to them rather than the one who's people lost their licenses to practice or their registrations or certificates or anything that's been given to them by the governing forces you know there's nerds drag through smear campaigns anybody that's speaking out against this thing and people don't listen to them because oh but i listen to them more because they're right right ty, right ty one of the things i think it was on a recent uh video you did and you talked about the importance of of giving something or people something to believe in obviously the people who are wearing the mask getting the vaccine etc you know are buying into something and believing it and that's why they're acting the way they are in your, you know, these past few months or whatever, have you found there to be something 
that it's easiest or easier for people to like grasp onto something that they can believe in to help them like see the other side of this thing, you know, more effectively than maybe any, some of the other things you've tried? Uh, it, it's really just, you know, um, doing what I'm doing, but in numbers, right? Um, so just organizing things like it sounds, sounds silly, but like maskless shopping parties, you know, uh, we'll, we'll get like 30 of us to kind of, you know, not show up as a group, but we'll, we'll set a destination in a time and we'll all just kind of show up sporadically, you know, and shop at a Walmart or, or a grocery store. And then before you know it, you know, we outnumber the ones that are wearing masks. And then all of a sudden you'll see people looking around like, whoa, did I? Did I not get the memo? And then you'll see the mask start to come off, right? And it's like, it, it really just tipping the scales to show, right? And, and I think, I don't know what study it was, but I think it's it's really only 4% is required to kind of shift the herd, right? It's kind of like sheepdogs, you know what I mean? You see the herd and you get that one dog that redirects them to go where they need to go, or they'll have like four or five dogs. We're, we're those dogs, you know, like we need to show up in numbers and just live. Like we can't, that we're, we're beyond preaching and we're beyond teaching. Now it's like exemplify, right? We have to show them that we can open our business. You will have the community pour into you. You don't have to wear masks. You know, you're, you're, you're not going to die and drop dead. Like they tried to show us what happened to you in China last April, you know, that people are just getting sick and they're, dro they're dropping dead. So, you know, yeah, I mean, it's just a matter of like kind of finding your tribe. And really just, it's got to be power in numbers, man. Seeing is believing. People need to see it to believe it. Uh, you know, whereas I, I tend to live more by faith um, than sight. But, you know, that's not the reality that we live in. People need to see it. So if they only see one person not wearing a mask, then, you know, you're just that crazy guy, right? But all of a sudden, you know, there's seven, eight, nine, ten of us. And we're all down different aisles. And we don't look like we're together. And people start going, damn, like... You know, we don't have to wear these things like very uh, uh, there's been a few times where I've been by myself and, you know, um, you know, I'm in line to get something. And the person behind the cash is like, excuse me, sir, like you need to wear a mask. And I'm like, you know, well, you know, thanks for your concern, but no, thank you. And uh, oh, well, sir, like if you don't wear a mask, then I can't serve you. And I'm like, well, that's not true. You're going to serve me. And this is what I'll get. And, you know, they're just, they're like, you know, wow, this person just stood up to me and I don't know what to say next. Cause normally people that do, they're like, oh yeah, I know you're right. I'm sorry. You know, where I don't, I stand my ground. I'm like, nope, you know, that's, yeah, I'm, I'm here. This is what I want. And you're going to serve me. Otherwise are we going to, and, uh, you know, I get served. So people that witness, uh, you know, being denied service and then ultimately being provided service, you know, I've had numerous times I turn around and all of a sudden I'm seeing faces now. And then they expressed to me that, man, I didn't know that you didn't have to wear them. And I'm like, well, how didn't you know that? And they're like, I don't know. I just assumed that it was the law. And I'm like, well, that's the problem, dude, is that you're, you're not doing your own independent research. Nobody's, nobody even realizes that they, they're, that it's necessary to cross-examine the narrative. They just think it's on TV. It must be the truth. Right. So it's really just, you know, standing my ground, uh, standing in the truth that I know to be true. Right. Truth is absolute. It's not relative. You know, it's not just because you don't believe it doesn't mean it's not true. And, uh, you know, that's that's it. But to have people kind of change the way that they believe things or change their belief system, it, it right now has to be, be to see it. And in, in, in numbers, they, they got to see the numbers. So it's frustrating, though. It's really frustrating. 
There was this um, study, I don't remember it, I heard it many, many years ago, but they put a sign up in a uh, college shower and it said, hey, to, cons- to save water, turn the water off while you're soaping. And so then they did the study and, and no one would follow it. So then they put a guy in there and every time he would turn the water off and then every time he soaped himself, he would turn the water off. And so when other people were in there, a few of them started doing it. Then they put two guys in there who would turn the water off when they soaked themselves and more people would do that. And by the time they got three people in there who were showering, who would turn the water off when they soaked themselves, everyone else jumped on board and followed. Yeah. And it, it's interesting. The same strategy that they're using this you're basically just putting the strategy back on them. The strategy was, Hey, let's make, let's guilt people. Let's make people feel bad. Let's set rules. So enough people get masks. And now you're saying, no, we're not going to wear the mask. I've noticed just even yesterday I was at the park. I go to the park every day, like a skate park or some kind of park with my three kids. And I never wear a mask. And it's amazing every time. um, And, and, and most of the parents, I would say there do wear masks and their kids have masks. Um, But anytime I start talking to a parent, they pull their mask down and they never put it back on. Or if I run into some friends there who have masks on, as soon as they see me, they take their masks off. And uh, it's it, it really does work. What did what did you see that made you think? So so the news comes out in China. There's you know some people are dying over there, and there's the cruise ship with the with the you know where the virus supposedly you know remember that whole cruise ship thing they were in the news when this whole thing started. Yeah. 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 Um, what, um, what did you see that made you say, okay, I'm not going to wear this mask. What, what did you see? That's like, Hey, this, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, that's not the way to be the best contributor to humanity. Well, just being in the, in the line of work that I'm in, I know that you know, using the respirators I use, um, you know, and having some knowledge on, you know, what respirators to wear for what I knew that this little piece of cloth this blue cloth was not going to save anybody from catching anything and it's funny like when that cruise ship you know got stopped like we at the same time i was on the disney fantasy so i had taken my family to to on a cruise we went down to florida and uh we went we went on a cruise we went to the bahamas we went to mexico casamel um we went to jamaica so we were all over the place and people were like, are you crazy? Like, you're going on a cruise? Like, didn't you hear about the virus? And I'm like, yeah, I heard about it when I watched Contagion in 2011. <laughs> you know, and they've, they've been putting the truth in plain sight for us for, for, for decades, decades. And, you know, that's, that's, that's kind of me, man. If you want to know what's about to, t- what's about to take place, I mean, just watch what Hollywood shows you, you know? And, uh, I just, like I said, like I, I never bought into it for a second that, you know, we should wear a mask to stop the spread. Because if you really look, if you, if like, I, I knew as a kid that if I was sick, school, cause you were sick, you had to run symptoms you had, um, you didn't go to school. So I know that if we were actually sick and worried about killing people, then we would actually be locked down, not like locked down, but you can still go to McDonald's and Tim Hortons and you can still do all the things that you can, you know, pour into the big box corporations. You know, we're going to crush the small guys because that's where people get sick and die. Like it just none of it ever made sense. And that's one thing I guess like I've always kind of had is just this, this like innate sense of discernment and just being able to tell like what's bogus and what's not. And, uh, yeah, like I didn't really see much. Like I just, you know, I just, like I said, I, I've I've known for a long time that you know what's put on TV. I mean, I mean, we've probably all seen the Truman Show, right? 
we're all just extras at best in a Truman show, right? Like it, we, you know, and I kind of get a, I get a kick out of people that, you know, call us freedom fighters when really we're just, we're not fighting for freedom. We're fighting for privileges because freedom means sovereignty. And to be sovereign means that you have to get your own food, your own power, your own water, your own everything to actually be unplugged from the system would be freedom. What, what us being plugged into them is the same thing. It's like, you know, it's like your kids living at home, right? You live at home. You're not really, you're not really free. Mom still pays the bills. Mom still makes sure you're fed, all that stuff. You're not really truly on your own until you leave the home. And that's what I, that's, that's kind of, you know, how I feel about it is, you know, I just, I just knew, I just, I, and I, and I, I know friends that, you know, are, are nurses and I know some friends that went to med school and stuff and like, they only wear those things when they're considering like they're doing like surgery and stuff and they don't want just droplets falling into open wounds and stuff. Like, it's not respiratory. You know? So one thing that I saw, it's just, man, it, it, it started years and years and years and years ago, you know? Um, and, and even with the toilet paper shortage, like that happened in the Soviet union in the nineties, like seeing these certain things that kind of all tie into like how they're trying to implement socialism and communism, you know, it's all there's history repeats itself, man. All you got to do is like find out what's happened already and you'll know that it'll happen again. Cause there's nothing new under the sun, man. You know? So I, I wish there was one thing I could say that got me to, you know, thinking, but it's not, man. It's just a collective of like my whole life just being aware. You know, I don't even like saying awake. I don't like these coin phrases of sleep and sheep and awake and woke and all that's just bogus, right? That's still identity politics. I don't identify as any of that. I'm just aware, right? Recently, there was a volcano on, uh, I don't remember the name of the island, but the surrounding islands like um, Antigua and, and, and whatnot, they were refusing people. Um, yeah, they were they were refusing to take people off the island while there's a volcano going on. They wouldn't allow them to va- evacuate unless they were vaccinated. What was your, what what did you think about that? I, I, right there, that's right there. There needs to be a revolt. I mean, who? What do you mean? What do you mean? You're not gonna you're not gonna you're not gonna vacate me from this island until I choose to take an experimental injection. Like to me uproar of outrage there has to be like it's not then this you know the people that are like well if you want to get off the island then just take the vaccine like what does that have to do with anything it has nothing to do with anything and it just reminds me of uh you know i am legend you know how they wouldn't let off the island right and everybody got that vaccine and then they all turned you know zombies like it's 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 just it's that that is just insane it's insane and for people to think that that's okay Ooh, man, that that's that's a really scary position to be in. That people don't see that as a problem. Ty, Go ahead, you talked Brian. about your. You've mentioned like your faith a couple times, and I heard you. Uh, you said like nothing new under the sun, which I think is from Ecclesiastes. Has faith always been a big part of your life? And does do you think that that's like something that you can fall back on, no matter what how people are treating you? Yeah, man. So I, my, my parents, you know, my parents separated when I was real young and my dad always made a point to like drag me to Sunday, Sunday in there. Right. But then my grandfather, basically my rock passed away when I was 18 and, just you know, drugs, um, dropped out of school, uh, just really started heading down a dark road. 
Um, done a lot of things that I wish I never did. Uh, ultimately brought me to where, you know, I met my wife. I met my wife at 22 years old. Um, she knew exactly uh, everything. It was the first woman that I ever was completely transparent and, and, and honest with, with everything that I've said and done and did. And she never ran away. She stayed. So we got married because I figured that was the only thing that was going to save my life. And, uh, you know, I ended up getting baptized when I was 23. And for the first few years, it was great. And then oh, I fell away, right? I fell away from it again, started giving into like, you know, my worldly fleshly desires. And, you know, I guess they call it backsliding. And uh, it wasn't actually until, um, you know, uh, a couple weeks ago, man, that I was like, you know, I was in a really bad place thinking like, man, how am I going to, how, I'm, what I'm doing is showing, uh, you know, unfruitful, right? I'm, my attempts are, are uh, falling on deaf ears nothing's changing. I'm worried about my kids. What do I do? And I met somebody who just reminded me that, yo, Ty, man, like we got to stop putting our hope into this world, right? The, the world is always going to fail you. Stop putting your hope into this world and start putting your hope back into God. And, you know, that just kind of gave a, uh, you know, a transition, you know, of my perspective of like, yeah, man, here I am thinking of like worldly, temporary, you know, physical realm where, you know, regardless of what you believe, man, I do believe there's an after, right? So once, once I shifted my, my perspective to that again, it was like, wow, man. So I could like, I could honestly, you know, help people and give them this peace of mind that I have that, you know, this is all, it's all going, it's all going according to plan. It's all been written for us. We know we can basically follow along like a Lego manual, you know, of like what's going to take place. And it's really just given me, you know, peace of mind knowing that, you know, um, it's kind of like, it's kind of like, you know, I'm, it, I'm, I'm in a bad situation. I got a guy who's going to come and beat me up and I'm scared, but I got a big brother who's going to show up and make sure that no harm is done. And that's how, that's how I just picture God is like, man, he's going to show up and he's going to fight the battle that I don't need to. Right. Yeah. I think, you know, you've mentioned it a couple of times, a peace of mind or the calm. And I think all, all of us can, you know, can relate to that when you feel that sense of calm, then you can put yourself in situations that you know, other people might, might want to react quickly to, or, or they'd be scared to be in those situations, uncomfortable of how to respond to the person who refuses to check you out at the, whatever store you're in. But you know, it doesn't, I don't know if it necessarily has to be faith, but just like a confidence that you're doing something that's not a problem, no matter who's yes. telling you that it is. Well, yeah, just, and that's the thing. It's like, like, so up here we have, you guys have the constitution, we have the charter of rights. And one of those rights is, you know, we, we have the freedom of conscience. And, you know, I believe that conscience was given to us, you know, by God to be able to discern what's right from wrong. Like we have the ability to weigh out risk to benefit. Like we, we have that, like, we don't need a horse or a guy on TV with a, you know, anybody that's been an elected official or a position to tell me what's right and what's wrong. I know that we know that we have that freedom of conscience to be able to make those decisions on our own. So yeah, it's just knowing like, you know, wholeheartedly from the bottom of my soul, I know that just because I don't wear a mask doesn't make me a bad person. I'm not doing anything wrong. You know, it, that's not wrong. Right. And for, for that to be demonized, like for someone to be like, well, you know, just, See what happens to people that don't wear masks, especially women, you know, seeing a and then ridiculing a woman who's decided not to. And I'm like, man, why would that happen to me in public? Like, let me see that happen to be handled like a man.
Um, it's just disgusting what's happening with this stuff. So yeah, definitely to have a peace of mind, to have that confidence, knowing that comes from just you know using your conscience, right? Using your conscience. These people know that what it's like back to the brothers, you know, and, and the siblings and getting in trouble. People know it's not it's not necessarily right. Right. Like, it, and it's not necessarily wrong not to wear it. It's just the fact that that's what they're blaming. Right. You're the reason why we don't get to lift the lockdowns because you're disobedient. They know it's not that oh, you're wrong. It's just you're disobedient. I mean, uh, I've, I've had an internal struggle. So let me finish Please. this thought here. Internal struggle this past week or two. Uh, about a month ago, I decided to stop wearing the masks. I live in an area that's very, very pro mask vaccine lockdown and and speaking out against you if you don't follow those things. It's very tough, but I'm aware that it's not its not really a, a representation of everyone. It's just how it is in this area, and I know that. But um, I was getting a lot of the situations you were talking about. I couldn't check out at stores. You know, Several employees were surrounding me. Other um, customers were telling me, I hope your family dies from COVID. It's really, you know, uh, you know extreme But they reactions. care about people. <laughs> These extreme reactions <laughs> to just... Being a calm person in a store who's saying, I mean, you no harm. I'm not going to cause you any ill effect. I just want to buy my groceries and go home. And it was happening over and over again. And so I just decided last week to just order my groceries, you know, like maybe like you're doing. I just ordered them online, drove to the store. Still no mask there. Um, but, you know, they're wearing masks outside as they put them in my trunk and I can drive off. And it's so it's not confrontational. But a part of me feels like I'm giving in even by doing that. And I just was curious, you know, at the risk of me being a little bit vulnerable here, you know, do you feel like that's, you know, a, a soft move by me? Um, no, man. Give it to him, Ty. Give it to him. Give it to him. Give him a lashing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, listen, man, I, I, I'd be, uh, I'm, I'm guilty. I'm guilty as charged, bro. Same thing. And, and so is my wife. I mean, at sometimes you just, you know, do I have it in me to fight today? You know, do I have it in me? There's days that I'm just like, you know what? Um, there was a point, uh, Christmas Eve is when they put us in our second lockdown, uh, which is funny how they got these lockdowns numbered, but we've been in lockdown since last March. So it's been a year of lockdowns. They keep like, right. You know, lifting some, some different ones. It's like, it's been of lockdown so this lockdown one two and three it's all the same to me um you know but when they they told us on christmas eve that they're putting us back in lockdown so basically you know you can't go see your friends and family you can't be together you can't do this so i was like man you know what i can't i can't be bothered no more man like if i go out and people confront me they're gonna wish that those mouth guards or those masks come with mouth guards because i'm just gonna start i'm just gonna start throwing bombs at people Right. Like you're going to break the social distancing and take your mask off to come and tell me how much of a low life I am. Well, I'm going to leave you sleep on that. And then when you wake up, hopefully you have a different perspective. And my wife was like, well, we need you. We don't we can't afford you going to jail because that's what would happen. Right. Like, I don't know if you guys noticed in Alberta, there was a video that went viral. A guy went to Canadian Tire without a mask and the Canadian Tire security, along with the other employees, basically like brought him to the ground, laid a beating into him and choked him out. and had that happened to me um and again they the media misconstrued that whole story and said that he was a, a anti did one of the employees but that's not what happened at all once the video surfaced you could see that he just wanted to be left alone i want to do my shopping and they wouldn't leave him they wouldn't leave him so they ended up pushing him down tripping him on the ground they had like five guys on him you know punching him kicking him and choking him out 
And I mean, that's where that that's where we're at with this stuff. So my wife knows me. <laughs> she knows that if that were to happen to me, I would have went to aisle six. I would have grabbed a baseball bat and it would have been on Lucky Kong. Right. And so I just made the choice like you, like, man, I don't, you know, I don't think it's soft. I think sometimes it's strategic, right? It's smart. I don't know what type of person you are outside of For me. There's only so much I can take, right? And only so calm I could be. And the more people that come on to me, like I was in the middle of a mall here, Vaughn Mills Mall. It's one of the biggest shopping malls in Ontario. And uh, it's the middle of a lockdown and the mall's packed. There's people everywhere. So I get in security, sir, mask. I'm like, I'm medically exempt and I keep walking, right? It's fine. But each individual store has its own policy. So although I might not be able to, might not need to wear one in the hall, we required you to wear one in here. And I was like, no, I'm not. And I, and I won't. So like, I guess, you know, I guess you're going to have to call up for, well, all the, all, uh, we have a, a, a sports athletic store here. It's called champ sports. And uh, all the employees there are normally guys that, you know, didn't make the cut on the football team or, you know, they dropped out or they blew their ACL or whatever. Right. And they just want the, they want the 50% off shoes. So that's where they work. Right. And they, they're, they were, uh, you'd like to call them has-beens, but they were never worse, right? And so they're these, you know, big guys or whatever. And they start like, sir, and they're surrounding me in the store. And they're saying, sir, you need to leave. And I'm like, well, I ain't leaving. I'm going to get my BOGO sale, my buy one, get one. And, um, you know, and I'll, and I'll be on my way, right? And they were all surrounding me. And I was like, they brought, there was like five security guards. And there was about seven or eight employees that were surrounding me. And I'm like, bro, are we about to, are we about to have a problem? Like, you know, because up here in Canada, I don't know what it is down there, but uh, they changed the laws a bit where my mom always raised me to never throw the first punch. Right. Because if you do, then you're the instigator. You got to wait, let them punch you. And then it's self-defense. Well, now um, I don't have to throw the first punch. If I feel threatened, if I feel like if I don't react or act that I could be in danger, then I have every right to start throwing bombs. And I just reminded them of that. It's like, look, I'm starting to feel a little bit uneasy right now. You guys keep closing in on me. Uh, I feel threatened, right? And if you guys don't back off, then, I mean, who's up first kind of thing. And uh, made a huge spectacle of it. And that's that's what we're that's what they're doing up here is like for somebody to speak out, you're going to be the one that the media makes to look like you're the problem, right? So it's just very – we got to be careful that we're not out here making spectacles of these, these incidents because – They'll 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 shame us in the media and say, look, see, these are them. These are the anti-maskers. They're the problem. They're uh, they they attack employees. They physically assault people. So it was just important to me that I, I I didn't put myself in those situations. So I don't think it's I don't think it's really soft. Um, I think that you know you're just doing what's best for you right now because maybe you no one knows you better than you, so you know what you can handle. And man, it's been like it's been a year. Like it's been a year. It gets it gets heavy to have to deal with this and i'm 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 the same there are days that i'm just like you know what i'm gonna pay for my gas at the pump today you know rather than go in and have to be confronted by anybody whether it's the employee or another customer so i i do the same thing sometimes bro so i don't think it's really soft i think what you're doing i mean only a single you take off and a little more bold that way you know and uh, you know just you know one step at a time man you might be you might get to a place where you know you can keep your composure but it's hard, man. You get emotional sometimes, you know, and it's like you, you, you can feel it just build up. You get, I do, I get a, like a little jolt of adrenaline. I enter a store and I've, that's never happened to me before. 
And the fact that, you know, I got to feel like I'm doing something wrong by going into a store to buy my groceries without putting a diaper on my face. It's, it, it's hard, man. It's hard sometimes. So nah, man, I don't, I don't think it's soft at all. I think you're just being smart. You know, you, you know what you can handle. And the fact that you're at least making the steps that you are, I think is, is a step in the right direction anyway. I, I, n- I noticed, um, th- there's a video on your Instagram where, uh, I don't know if she's a police officer or what, but she looks like some sort of public servant. She's got the, you know, the policeman's hat on and she basically comes into a restaurant. I couldn't tell exactly what was going on but she gives the owner a ticket and you showed some incredible empathy towards the lady who is giving the ticket while she was there and after you were there you basically um, my words not yours explained that she was really nervous that clearly she didn't want to be giving that ticket um tell me about that about about the the empathy you feel and the compassion you feel for the people who are in the situation where they have to enforce this and might not want to. Um, man, like we're like, do you remember the incident I'm I'm referencing? You were like, Hey, that lady was shaking. I feel bad for her. And that was, that was the restaurant in Barrie that, uh, has defied the lockdowns. Um, that was the bylaw. So the bylaw came in to issue the ticket for provincial order. And, uh, you know, I, I knew she didn't want to be there because she had already been there once. To called in and said, look, it's really busy. I don't want to do it right now. So they said, we'll come back during downtime, which is between, you know, two and five when people normally aren't eating. Uh, so she did. She came back and uh, she came in and she was nervous. I could tell she didn't want to be there. She, like she just was doing her job. So a lot of people were like, you know, well, that's not an excuse. And I just told her, I said, you know, it's just, it's, that's a scary, scary thing to say because that's what they said in Germany was we're just doing our job. We're just following. So I just asked her, I said, at what point do you as an individual, regardless of your position or your badge, do you draw the line and say, no, that crosses my moral boundaries. And she says, look, I'm just doing my job when it comes to COVID. I just, I'm I'm doing what I'm told. So she was young. Um, you know, probably in her mid twenties. Um, again, these, these kids, they don't really know. They like, I mean, I've lived through several pandemics already, right. You know, swine flu, H1N1, uh, SARS, all that stuff. Like I've been through all that. She hasn't. So my, my, my focus shifted, uh, you know, about four or five months ago. Um, you know, really just, we, just the amount of people that have reached out to me, I started to see different perspectives, right? Like we don't know why people are wearing two masks and a face shield, right? Is it because the news told them or is it because that particular individual lost their uncle to tuberculosis? Or if that person ended up losing, you know, their great grandmother to polio, right? Like there's people have their own reasons for doing things and it's not, it's not our, it's not our job or is it even our right uh, to judge that, right? Like we don't know people, you don't know what people have gone through. You don't know why they make the decisions that they make. And that's, you know, that's a, that's something that I think a lot of us are lacking is that empathy where we keep saying that we care about other people, but our actions speak louder than those about anybody about themselves. So I started to see, you know, outside the, the beginning of that video, I was a little bit, uh, you know, uh, maybe overweight. And so like, oh, and you're here to tell us about health. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, no, no, no. That doesn't do us no good. That doesn't make us any different. 
We're just perpetuating the divide. That woman is a human being that is just following orders. I'm sure that if she was asked to do something that was, you know, outside of her more, they'd probably say no. But bylaw officers, their main and their main like their job description is to write fines, right? Parking tickets, uh, all that stuff. That's what she does is write a fine. So whether she believes restaurants should be open or not, her job is to write a fine, right? And I just think that it's important that we extend, you know, the empathy and compassion and grace to that woman, knowing that she's not there. She wasn't at home and say, and took her ticket book. And she's like, I'm going to go to that restaurant. I'm going to open a ticket. Somebody told her to do that. And she feels obligated. Right. And that's, that's why we have to, if we're going to end the lockdowns, we have to end the divide and to end the divide. We have to have, we have to, we have to, we have to share or present or express ourselves to other people in a loving manner that's going to allow them to open up to receive whatever message we're giving them. So, yeah, that's that's critical. I think that the the thing sometimes I feel like we lose sight of it, but I don't really have a problem with the masks or the vaccines. And I have certainly have empathy for people like you've described who have certain situations that may they might benefit greatly from doing those things. What I struggle with is the fact that I'm not allowed to choose which one I want to do. Absolutely. Like you want to wear one, wear one. If you want to sign up, right, for the experimental injection, because it's not, it's not been approved, it's not any of that. The only reason that they can give it to you is because there's an emergency order. Now, if we lift the lockdowns, then there's no need, there's no more emergency, right? So then now they can't give it to you. They have to go back to the drawing board and then test it on rats. Right. That's the only reason that they're able to administer this is because there's an emergency. So but like it's exactly what you said, a choice like I, you know, my daughters, I made the decision not to give any vaccine. I wouldn't even let the doctor put the ointment in their eyes when they were born, um, you know, simply because, you know, just, you know, to touch back on the faith thing. I think we're we were per we were created perfect in God's image. We don't need to do anything external, especially in the beginning stages of our life. You know, um, are there successful vaccine programs? Perhaps. I don't really get into that stuff. I just know that we have this thing called epidermis, right? This is your skin. And this is to protect you from anything outside the exterior, right? That is not supposed to infiltrate and get into your system. So the fact that we've come up with a device known as a needle to bypass that defense mechanism to inject a foreign substance into you. Of course, your body's going to have an adverse reaction because we're nature. We're natural. When you inject something unnatural into your body, your body's going to go, what the hell is this? And it doesn't know how to react. So I'm not anti anything. And I try to make it clear to everyone that I speak to all these rallies I have. I'm not anti this. Anti, you know, I'm pro medicine, pro research, pro science, pro government transparency, pro vaccine accountability. Oh, like, I'm very pro, right? Pro family, pro child, pro community. I'm very pro. Anti is tearing down. I'm about building up. And it's important to give the, 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 a sufficient amount of information to make it informed. All this coercion and, you know, Krispy Kremes is going to give you a free donut every time you show your vaccine pass. Like, all of, is it when when in the history of man have we been like, you know, you better make sure if you can prove that, you know, you got a test and you don't have AIDS, you're going to get a free lollipop. You know, like when, when did that, like, it's just, it's crazy to me how we're, you know, as kids, you're told, don't, don't give in to peer pressure, right? 
Don't give in to peer pressure to ex- to try to experiment with drugs, but now we're being pressured into taking an experimental drug. Like you tell you tell pregnant women not to smoke, don't take Advil, don't drink, don't take you know Tylenol, don't don't take anything while you're breastfeeding, but take this experimental injection. Like just none of it makes sense logically, scientifically, none of it makes sense. You know, and and we just got to, man, we just got to keep fighting a good fight, man, and just keep living our truth and know, you know, like you said, man, you know, just do what you know is right and uh, and respect other people's choice. Like, that's the thing is like, if somebody else wants to wear a mask, I'm not going to be like, hey, you idiot, why are you wearing that? You know, I, I might now my conversation might be like, hey, you know, I'm really, you know, I'm really interested and I'm curious to know, like, you know, what what is it that caused you to decide that that's something that you should wear? Right. And have them answer. I know a lot of a lot of the a lot of the divide is coming from, you know, why don't people question anything? Well, why don't we question those people and try to draw the answers out from them? That'll have them go, you know what? I never thought of it like that. I I, I was just kind of wearing it because I thought you were supposed to. Right. And then, like, give them the information there. Conversations. It's got it's almost like we have to ask them the question first to have them. You know, it's interesting. Questions. To circle back to the beginning of the conversation that reminds me, so for me, I'm questioning it because I have kids. So I just go to the CDC website and I just start doing the math I learned in the third grade. It's it's really for me. It's really really math. that easy. I'm not yep. I'm not like a lot of people are about the the freedom fighters or or they want they want to learn about the virus or the or the medicine or what's safe what's not safe. I just go there and do the third grade math. I look and I see okay zero to seventeen two hundred and fifty four kids have died from COVID in the United States. Statistically, that could be zero. Who know like there could be that many errors. That means no one's died in the United States under the age eighteen. But then I'm not happy enough there. So so I Google kids dying and I look at all the kids who've died. And when I see them, I'm like, oh, this is a 16-year-old boy that CNN reported was healthy and died. But he's so obese that I know he can't sleep upright at night. Uh, uh, sorry, he can't sleep on his back at night because his own weight would stop him from breathing. He's so fat, his ears are gone and his eyes are closed, right? And at that point, and I, and I, and I keep doing that, and every time that they post something that says a healthy person died, I Google and I look at them and I'm like, oh, that person is clear clearly not healthy. So then I, I understand that no kids have died. So then I do the math. I, I see, oh, 41% of the people who have died have died in nursing homes. Okay. So I start doing a little research on nursing homes. Holy shit. They only have a 13 month life expectancy anyway. I just, but I wouldn't have done any of that to circle back to what you said if I didn't have kids. a motivation. Yeah. If I didn't have kids, I wouldn't, I would have just been just rolling along like my life's good. You know what I mean? I, I can still go down to the beach. I can still do my, my make my hustle on the Internet like I would just be rolling. Um, it's a uh, Ty. Do you think that there is I, I don't believe that there is like some conspiracy like a sentient being or five people or this Illuminati? I don't I don't have any I'm, I'm not a conspiracy theorist and I usually don't even speculate why things are happening. 
Um, but someone the other day said something to me. Well, you know, this is all part of the plan. I'm like, oh, you think that there's some conspiracy theory running this? Like, there's or not even let's not even use that term because it's kind of it has so much negative connotation. I said, you think that there's a sentient group of people who are trying to do this? He goes, no, that's not what I mean by there's a plan. He goes, it's built into an ideology of the way a large group of people think, and this is just the way the machine moves. Because to me, it doesn't seem plausible that like the head of Canada is also working with the head of Antigua which is also working with the president of the United States, which is also working with Russia. Like I can't imagine something being this well organized, but they're like, no, no, it's not even like that. It's an ideology just operating on autopilot. Do you have any thoughts on, on, on how all these beautiful, smart people are, are, are being um, duped into this? Do you speculate on any like – you know, uh, you could say that Google's flashing images to us on. I mean, you've you've seen all the stuff, right? I mean, yeah, and so it definitely is some social conditioning. Um, you know, it's like they did in the war, right? Like they propaganda around. Um, they did that so that people would, right? That that it was that they believed that you know war was actually good for us, and you know, and that's what I find that they do, right? So it's like back to the, you know, you're showing everything on purpose. Like if you're seeing it nonstop over and over and over again. I mean, that's predictive programming, right? Like they're just, they're, they're trying to show you what to believe and, you know, and the desensitizing you to it, like right, right down to, you know, the music, the videos that we watch, everything, you know, how are they glorifying, you know, mass murder on a big screen while you eat popcorn and gummy bears. But if you go and do that in real life, you know, you're, you're going to jail. Like, how do you, how do you determine reality from, from fiction? When it's glorified that way, you know, like these kids, I remember when I, when Sopranos was out, uh, I was, I was just a teenager now and I forget the name of the character, but he ended up, they, they killed him and they cut his hands and feet and his head off. So they identified the body. Well, there were two in this province that did that to their mom and, uh, you know, and they, they beat, they, they, they cut her head off and her heads and her feet and they, and they buried her, they threw her body in the lake and, uh, you know, they, they did it cause they seen it on the Sopranos. And that was what they said. They're like, well, we wanted to get rid of our mom. And they, that's how they did it on Sopranos. You know, so how how do we expect, you know, it's like, uh, you know, Eminem says in one of his songs, you know, that he, he's seen us, uh, you know, these two kids in the front row of like a Schwarzenegger movie. And, uh, you know, the kids are, you know, he's with his Uzi and he's killing people and the kids are going, yeah, go, go, go. And the uncle there is like, you know, like, so it's it made cool in the movies. Right. So everybody wants to be famous. Everybody wants to be somebody. And, uh, you know, it, there's definitely, I mean, now that it used to be back in the day, but when you see something on TV, it's very hard to, to tell if that was real or not, you know, blood spatter and CGI and all this stuff. It looks really cool. And as to that, right, like you watch it on TV and you don't think there's anything wrong with it. Then I show a story on the news and to tell you that this is real. To you, it's just on a TV. So what? What's it? How is it any more real than what I just? Seen? You right. don't know unless it happened in front of your own eyes. You have no idea. So, the amount of uh, the amount of like conditioning and programming that's taking place through media, marketing, propaganda, all that stuff. Um, man, yeah. Like I, I often wonder how are so many people deceived. Um, but there is. I do. I do believe that there is a you know a small percentage of the people that. You know, basically what it boils down to is that we got 
we got uh, we got people, certain people in play that are trying to be God. They're trying to play God. They're trying to mess with the weather, trying to mess with our food supply. They're trying to like control who does what and who says what. Like who who put these people in this position in the first place? And it's just a generational bloodline, right? Like there's, you know, this is this is it's crazy. Like it's crazy. So I try not to go down the rabbit hole because we don't really need to at this point. I think, like you said, I just go back to grade three math. I know that 99 is far greater than one. There, uh-huh. the argument's over. We, 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 don't need to, we, don't need to, we don't need to know, we don't need to discuss anything else, right? That's it. 99% of us do not deserve to be deprived of a normal life to save the, the it's not even a 1%, it's like 0.27 of a percent. But what we're doing all of this for, and like you said, 18 month lifespan, lifespan anyway, that we're already dying of X, Y, and Z. So I just don't. And, and that no one healthy has died, Ty. I've put the challenge out so many times. I want to see someone who doesn't eat sugar and doesn't eat refined carbohydrates who's died. Just one. Just yep. show me one. I can't. Yeah. Just show me one. Like I know, I, I know why I feel like shit. Um, well, I don't drink anymore, but I used to know why I felt like shit in the morning. Because I, because I was drinking all night. I knew when I was twenty pounds heavier. Because yeah, I ate a twelve pack of tacos, got stoned, and went and bought a twelve pack of uh, Winchell's donuts. I don't yep. do that anymore. I don't get sick anymore. Yep. I'm, uh, I wake up like I went to bed, like everything's hunky dory. But I don't eat sugar and I don't eat refined carbs. And it's like, I want to see just one. I want to see a, tw- a twenty-seven year old healthy human being who's died from this. You cannot show me one. I yeah. just need one. <laughs> Yeah. And yeah, and they won't and they won't show you that. And that's really what what scares me the most too is that you know they've now conditioned people to believe that to be healthy you need a needle. Yeah, sick is a lifestyle. Sick has been accepted in our society as a as a as a normal condition. It's really yep. sad. Yep. Yep. It's taken away our, our most important thing. You know, everyone's heard it. Um, the most important thing you have is health. Unfortunately, you don't realize that until you're not healthy. But, um, man, and, and I guess probably you know this as a father too. People will ask, you know, I've dialed everything back in my life to make sure that I don't get injured. I don't drink so that I am 100% for my kids when they wake up in the morning. Like everything is about optimizing. I don't – when I'm working out, I don't push for a, uh, to set a, a new PR or a new record because I, I don't want to get hurt. I got to drive the van to the soccer game. You know what I mean? Like it's what I want to, and, and not because I'm sacrificing anything. It's what I want to do. I want to like enjoy driving my van, not be like, Oh fuck. I've jacked my back again. You know? Oh, absolutely. My kids ask me all the time. We live on a ski resort. So, uh-huh. and I don't, I don't ski and I don't snowboard, you know? And my kids ask me all the time, daddy, why won't you come? And it's like, cause man, one wrong move and I'm out of commission. I, I need because I got to make apple cider for you. Yeah, yeah I got to take I, your boots I, off for you when you get back. You know, and be able to you know provide family, and if you know for that one hour of fun, that could ruin it all for us. So, you know, I, I make sure that they have passes and they can do that. But I absolutely, man, health is we we take things for granted. Nobody really knows, man. Like for me, I've never had an injury until my senior year of high school, uh, and you know I was playing football. I had hopes to come down in Florida. And, uh, you know, I blew my ACL my senior year, you know, and uh, now I'm like, you know, I, I don't go at 100 percent in fear that I might injure or injure something else. And, uh, you know, now I've become more injury prone the older I get. So like you said, I, I, I refrain from pushing my limits because 
it is, it's, it's optimal to be healthy. It seems to me that people in um, the United States are, are starting to reach their limit. I mean, I could be completely delusional and just be just saying that because I'm hopeful. But it seems to me in every aspect that we have way too many. Um, we're asking society to spend too many social plates between um, all the social justice warrioring we have going on in the United States and and this um, so-called pandemic. And then and and then we obviously know that the real pandemic is that the response to the pandemic is is the real nightmare but i i feel like the tide's turning like they that that i want to say they but we let's say we we ask too much of civilization to be too perfect and now people are like i i just feel like the tide's changing more and more people are my words i know it's not your favorite word but waking up to the fact that like hey there's too many we're, we have to trying to get everyone to behave the same way is too hard. Let's just start. Let's go the other way and try to accept people. Yep. Fine. You don't like people with big noses. I'm cool with that. It's totally yep. cool. I can't, I can't force you to like, um, yep. do you sense any of that in Canada? Like, do you feel any, like, like, yeah. Hey, we're tired. We're done. Why? Because, uh, in the beginning, I mean, you know, there are some people that were fearful. Like, oh, no. Right. Because they were they were showing us, you know, in China, people dropping dead. Um, you know, they were they were showing us in New York that there were, you know, basically like trucking trailers full of dead bodies. Right. Like they were really trying to amp up the fear. And now, I mean, it's been a year. Right. So in the beginning, you could say, well, I didn't really know. Nobody knew any better. It was a novel virus, even though it's 75 percent identical to SARS. Um, you know, all these things now, I think it's to the point where there are a lot of people that were like, listen, I wore my mask. I never went and visit my Nan. I, I bought my groceries online. I did my part, you know, show like they want to see, okay, now show us nothing's really changed. Right. And show us like, you know, in the beginning, the highways dead, it was a ghost town, but when they, when they reopened things been open since like there's traffic jams. There's, there's, you're fighting for parking spots at the mall, but then you, you, if you wear a mask, it's okay. You won't get COVID. Um, you know, there's just, there's all that, but I am definitely seeing a shift in, you know, people that were very obedient to now going like, okay, what gives like what, what's going on here? Right. Like, why are we doing this? And, uh, I do, I, I, I do kind of sense that the, the tide is changing and that, you know, more people are starting to rise up and, you know, it was, it was all by design, right? Like I, I, I also did a video I was, and I think it's the one that you were talking about kids. I was like, you know, where are the men, like where, where are the men speaking up for this? Where are they standing up? Why are our women on the front lines of this thing? Where are the men? Well, the men are most, for the most part, essential workers, right? If you're a tradesman, you, 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 so you got to go to work. Um, you, you may have to wear a mask for 20 minutes when you're in a store, but uh, you still get to watch your hockey games. You still get to watch baseball. You still get to go golfing. Golfing's essential. All the golf courses are open. You know, all the men still have their vices. You got dispensaries are open. LCBO, the are open. Um, you know, all that stuff is still there for the man to go. So his life isn't really affected, right? He, You know, his wife might be going out and protesting and fighting. Okay, like I, I support you, babe. You know, but he's at home making sure that he stays up on his fantasy pool, right? Like the men don't—they haven't been affected. Now, if you take away sports and you take away their beer and their liquor, then uh, 
you know, you, you might get a little bit of, uh, you know, some resistance from the men going, okay, now what? Right. But they haven't, they haven't done that. They haven't taken away from the men, but more and more, I think are seeing the, the, the damage in their women. I mean, the, the divide at the core level, I've spoken to so many people that are married and the, the husband mask wearer and the wife is like awake to this stuff. And then they're wow. playing the kids on each other. Yeah, man. Like there's, there's so many kids up here that are living in a home that's divided. And then there's so many kids that how homes are divided. And now the children's aids involved, not allowing the, the parent that is not pro COVID to no longer see that child. Holy in a mask. They need to be tested. They need to be tested with the PCR test like three times a week. And they're allowed to have masked up supervised visit with their children. So, and that's, that's what's happening here. So, I mean, it's, breaking it's my gone heart. beyond. Breaking right? my heart. It, yeah, man. Like there's, I know a mom, I know a mother who hasn't seen her son, uh, in six because the dad went to court and said, she doesn't believe in COVID. So children's aid said, boom, she no longer gets the visitor because she's deemed a threat. To she's a danger to his health. Right. And it's happening. Yeah, it's similar situations down here, man. People are, there's, I, there's some women at the gym I coach at that are afraid to do certain things because they might lose the right to see their kids. Yep. Yeah, man. And people don't realize that when you have a child, you know, that child is a property of the state. Like that child is not, does not belong to you. That child is an asset to the country it was born in. So that child has a number and a registration number, and it is it is a property of the state. The state can come in and say, look, you, we deem you unfit to, to, to take care of our possession. We're going to repossess your child. And, 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 and people realize that, man. So, yeah, there are a lot of parents that might wear the mask and told because they don't want the other spouse to weaponize that child against them for custody purposes. It's happening more often than not up here, man. And it's, and it's, uh, uh, and it's a disgrace. I met a guy yesterday at the park. Um, he got COVID. Um, he has three kids at home. He has a wife at home. Um, he didn't. He said he took no precautions after he tested positive. Um, slept in bed with his wife. Still at home with his three kids. Drove him around everywhere. Um, just took two weeks off from work. He's a firefighter, and he said no one in his fam. N- nothing. That was it. Two weeks later, he's done. And yep. um, when the state called it, when the, or his supervisor, someone called him, they said, Hey, so what's your name? And he gave his name and he goes, is this correct spelling. And he's like, yeah. And he goes, and what's your wife's name? And he gives his wife's name and they're like, and what's your kid's names? He goes, no, I'm not giving you my kid's names. And they're like, well, we have to, we have to know who's been exposed to it. He's like, no, I'm not giving you my kid's names. It's none of your fucking business. And I thought that that was really like, and, and they eventually gave up, but it's like that. I don't want to make people paranoid, but it's at that level that people really should be protecting their kids. When he said that, I was so proud, like to to be interacting yeah. with a man who is protecting his kids. At that level, you don't like. No one needs to know your kid's name. It's like mm-hmm. it, it, it's like getting a text message, one of those group texts, and it's a girl saying looking for a good time. Like, don't click that link. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah. What do you, what do you, what do you, they want your kids' names. Another friend of mine, and, and I, I don't have any verification of this story, but a friend of mine is a highway patrol officer and he tested positive. And then so, you know, a day or two later, he's, this is in California, he's sees someone taking a picture of his house and he goes outside and he goes, what are you doing? And he goes, oh, we, every single person who tests positive, we go out, we, you know, we have their address and we go out and document where they're at. I'm like, this is just some fucking weird shit. Yeah, like when have we ever 
who had a snotty nose. Like it, it, it that that that's that's really one of the craziest things of of it all is that like we're like testing healthy people like a, a virus so deadly yes. you have to be tested to even have it and a vaccine so safe that you have to be bribed to take it yeah do you do you know anyone have you had covid ty uh well uh they uh, it was it was before that it was officially announced uh-huh. uh the december it was before we left for vacation. It was, uh, and I don't ever really get sick because I do try to stay away from the sugars and the, uh, you know, I am, a, I am, a, I am a sucker for a good bag of all dressed here and there. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, I, 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 for the most part, I don't ever really get sick. So, and if I do, it's like those commercials, right. With the man cold, you're like, mom, <laughs> you know, like I, I, I get, I get the man cold every once in a while, but this, this time, um, it was real bad, man. It was real bad. Like, you this know, was December of 2019, December, 2019. So I got real sick where to the point where if I, I'll, I'll, I'll lay in bed, I'll sleep it off, sweat it off, or I'll work it off. Like I don't ever take time off work, but I literally, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm somewhat. So I was like, you know, did I, did I maybe, I don't know. Did I, did I, did I smoke a dirty bong? Like, so I got bronchitis. Like, why am I feeling like this? And, uh, you know, I ultimately went to the clinic. Uh, they tested me, uh, tested me for pneumonia, chest x-rays, all back, nothing. I was like, the doctor's like, yeah, weird. Like there's something going on here. Well, we'll, we'll you know, test my blood, check for the flu. Um, listen, here's, uh, we're going to give you some puffers and just go home and uh, get some rest. I'm like, okay was to the point where I was nervous to fall asleep because I didn't know if I'd wake up because of how hard it was for me to breathe. I ended up going back to the clinic. And finally, after all these tests, uh, walking pneumonia, the flu, um, you know, doing my blood work, they chalked it up as a severe upper respiratory infection. Um, I got puffers, steroids, antibiotics, um, they, they threw everything at me. They didn't know what to give me. The doctor basically said, he goes, I don't. You're barely getting 30% air to your lungs. And I was like, he's like, how are like ending right now? And I'm like, bro, tell that to the bank. I got a mortgage. Hey, and doctors, <laughs> right. you know? Right. And uh, so did the, I didn't get diagnosed, um, but I, I am kind of curious. Like if they tested me for the antibodies, I'm sure. Right. And, it's important for people to know, though, it's like it affects people differently based on your level of health. Right. So obviously I had some serious toxins and shit that needed to be dealt with in my body. Right. Like I spoke to uh, I spoke to a nurse up here. I don't know if you guys know her much down there. Uh, Kristen Nagel was a nurse that uh, she got fired uh, for going to a, a rally in uh, Pennsylvania. And basically just explained to me you know she said that you know in in medicine and in in the pharmaceutical medicine community um they're in the business of suppressing symptoms right sign that your body is working and that there's there might fever she's like you need that fever 
Like that fever's doing its job. So don't try to don't try to cool off. Don't try to stop the fever because the fever is a symptom. The symptoms is what's killing whatever's wrong with you. Right. So she just got changed my mind to all that. And I was like, okay, cool. So me having the symptoms I had as long as I did, it, obviously there was a, you know, there was something wrong with me, but you know, I, I, I just, I, I amped up, uh, you know, magnesium, you know, my water intake and just really took that approach rather than, you know, all the puff steroid puffers helped because I still worked like I was still worked and I'm in, I'm in construction. So it's very, uh, you know, it's very physically demanding. I have to stop like every minute to catch my breath, which was, which was scary for me. Right. Um, but yeah, no, I, you know, people ask me if I had it, I'm sure it was, I'm sure it was that. I mean, if not, it was just the flu, right. With a different name. <laughs> I mean, it's funny. We had 38 million cases of the flu in 2019, but we only had 1800 in 2020. Bizarre. So, yeah, that's bizarre, right? But hey, at least we eradicated the flu. You know, we don't have to worry about those seven hundred thousand deaths a year now. You know, and, now we'll just focus on COVID. In two thousand, in December of two thousand nineteen, in California, we had something sweep through here that was crazy. And the business I worked at, I worked at CrossFit Inc., and about ninety percent of the people there got sick. And we, uh, it was it was crazy. I I, have, I fortunately dodged it. Um, I think my wife got it. My mom got it. And basically, I'm in Santa Cruz, California. It seemed like everyone was coughing and sick. And it it lasted a long time. Some people were yep. sick from a week to three months. And then all of a sudden, you know, three months later, this thing is supposedly here. So I feel you on that. Something definitely swept through here. But since then, I I. I Every single person that I've known who has gotten COVID, and I, and I don't know if I've had it or not, but um, every single person I've known has been basically asymptomatic. The most they've said is that they've had boogers. Um, you know, I know a lot of doctors, and, and they they have told me, no, 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 you know, it's really, really bad. You know, people are pouring into the um, into the emergency rooms. Our beds are full. But once again, as soon as I ask them, what what is, what's the profile of the person you have in the hospital? And, you know, it's type 2 diabetes. Yep. You know, every, every single time. So, it, it, you know, well, Ty, um, thank you so much. This is, this has been great. I'm going to continue to, uh, follow you on Instagram and watch your good work. Um, maybe circle around in six months and have a talk and celebrate that masks are off. Yeah, man. I mean, well, for us, well, for us, they're off already. So I guess this is our celebration. Yeah, no, man. And I, I appreciate you guys having me, man. And I think it's important to, uh, you know, really all, all I've been trying to promote is just to have these discussions, right? Um, you know, being, being told to stay six feet away from me, uh, each other, covering your face, um, they're eliminating human connection, right? And they're, and they're trying to eliminate, right? You're afraid to talk to somebody because if you get within six feet, you know, you might get a little droplet on you that's going to kill you in four hours, right? Like, you know, so it is, man, it's important that discussions and, and to have these discussions, with our friends, our neighbors, our colleagues, and express ourselves, like, you know, and let people know how we feel because everybody's feeling like, oh, we're all in this together, but everyone's so, so you'll be surprised that, you know, if you reach out and you engage in these conversations that we're not alone, man, a lot of people think like us, a lot of people feel like us, but they don't know anybody else does. So they're just, they're going to keep to themselves. They're going to keep compliant. They're going to do their part, right? To hopefully tell, you know, so mom takes us out, lets us out of our room. And 
So, you know, moving forward, man, I always try to like leave people with a connection, you know, like what, what, what can we do? And, uh, man, you know, just, man, just with your family, they've taken first days, worst days, birthdays, you know, last days they've robbed us from a year. You know, you can't celebrate this. You can't do this. You can't do that. Just do it. Just do it. We're not, you know what I mean? Like I lost an uncle. I didn't see him for a year because they were afraid of this. He ended up passing away. I haven't even got, been able to pay my respects because they won't let us have a funeral. So just do it, man. Pull your, pull your, pull your nan out of the LTC, put it, put her in the in-law suite or whatever, man, your kids out of school. And, uh, you know, just connect with people, man. People need people now more than ever. So, you know, I appreciate you guys and what you're doing, man. I appreciate you having me on here. And uh, looking forward to just staying connected. Yeah, man. And hopefully in a couple months, few months, we can. Yeah, man, it was good that we were doing what we were doing because now we're on the other side of that.